Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk baseball. Welcome everyone to a Baseball America playoff podcast. John Manuel and J.J. Cooper with you. It's a whole new world, J.J., a world where uh, Francisco Lindor's dreams come true. I just found that tweet. You already knew about this tweet, but I just found that tweet as we record this a little bit later in the afternoon on Thursday, but we'll still get you ready for Game 5 of the National League Championship Series. Yes, that tweet was from mid-season of 14. June, June 2014. That was not long before, because that was the year that Lindor, if I remember correctly, was at the Futures game for the last time, and kind of said, no offense to any of this, I've, I've appreciated right. the honor. I hope I'm never at this thing again, because I've, I've, I want to be in the big leagues. And not long after, he was, and he's that already boy, one of the best shortstops in baseball. That boy good, and uh, not under not insignificant part of his game. He played 158 games this year, and uh, not insignificant part for Cleveland, which won 3-1 to one yesterday. When, uh, well, four games in one, I have to say, in, uh, in, in a, five, a best of seven series, dispatches the, the Blue Jays. Um, Cubs obviously beat the Dodgers. JJ, let's, let's wrap up the ALCS real quick. I think the story of the American League Championship Series is encapsulated by our debate. Who, had the, who was the more important pitcher for the Cleveland Indians? Was it Corey Kluber, who threw nearly 12 innings and threw the most innings on the team and pitched very well? Or was it Andrew Miller, the ALCS MVP, who threw seven and two-thirds innings but they were always high leverage innings, and he struck out virtually everyone he faced. I mean, like, I think that Miller was clearly a more significant pitcher in this series, but I think that Kluber could do Miller's role, and that Miller could not do Kluber's role. Ergo, I think that Kluber is the better pitcher. But we're in, a, in, the, in the postseason, the starter reliever line is so blurred now. Um, well, it, it's almost without, it's a distinction almost without a difference. The, the funny thing about that is, is that you, you, those were the two guys who really on the pitching staff, it doesn't work without either of them. Because you are right that Kluber has much more of a chance, I would agree with you, that Kluber has much more of a chance to do something like what Miller did. I think Miller, we've had this debate in the office yeah, today. but we can have it on the air. But I don't think he would do it as well as what Miller did. You know, But that's saying that because Miller was as good as really a pitcher in a relief role could be. Yeah, it was it, it was extended innings and he was beyond dominant. It was these guys don't have a chance. I mean again I, I tweeted out from the game before because you had the situation where the Indians I think it was low to the bases or had multiple guys on in the uh you know and, and didn't get any runs out of it. And it's like, oh that could really come back to hurt him. Oh wait, no wait Andrew Miller yeah, exactly. is, he he's pitching so it doesn't it's not gonna hurt them at all. But um because that was the game that they flipped it, and Miller was closed it out, and, yeah. and Allen pitched earlier. But, but you, it, as crazy as this is, the Cleveland Indians. I, I mean, stop and think on this for a second. The Cleveland Indians just made it all the way through 
the playoffs to the World Series, and they've done it with an ace and the rest of the starting pitching staff. Trevor Bauer, who's Out four, but who's a four? I mean, a three or a four? I'd say probably he's a four. He's a number four starter. I mean, he was second on their team in innings this year, but but they had a at number peak, one at his peak. He's their fourth best starter. I'd say that's what he should be. He's a four on a on, on a championship, championship team. team. They had a number one, a true number one. I think that Corey Kluber has earned the legit. He's a number one starter. Three years in a row, he has been a well above average starter. And two of those years, you could argue he's been the best starting pitcher in the American League. So that's the number one. Then they have a number four who pitched in the division series, but basically did not pitch, bled but mm-hmm. didn't pitch hmm. in the world in the in the ALCS. Right. A five in Josh Tomlin, who pitched better than that. He's but, a good, he's a, but he's a good five. But he's, he's a number five. He, he he actually probably fits the the four profile okay. better. Let's say okay. So let's say another At least this year. Let's he, say another number four. Yeah, he was really good this year. And but he, he's also like been dead for several years. I but, mean, like in terms of major league contributions, Josh Tomlin for the last several years was kind of like a oh that guy oh yeah he's still around. So a number four, a number four. And then you really can't say Ryan Merritt for as good as an outing as that was a number six if right. you're being charitable right now. Right? Could he be something more than that? I he, he might. A- he might one day become a number four. That's your your aspiration if you're Ryan Merritt. Again, this is nothing away from him, but is that he becomes Josh Tomlin and is at best a four? Yeah. I mean, like, I, yeah. I mean, honestly, like to me, he reminds me of T.J. McFarland that the. That the Indians had lost in the Rule 5 to the Orioles and was a fringy Rule 5 keep for three years. You know, that's what he reminds me of. A few years from now, Ryan Merritt will be like the other guys who are the long men in the Indians' bullpen right now who are like Jeff Manship and Zach McAllister. He's that phylum of pitcher. He, Like you said, peak value, fourth or fifth starter. But really, this is the role, and then... So, so, and that's their that is their rotation, right? <laughs> this is this is the rotation. If Trevor Bauer is healthy, and he says he'll be able to pitch in the World Series, we don't know that yet, right? And if he can't, <laughs> I mean, this is mind boggling. It but, is, but it is. But you can do that nowadays, and this is the thing that fascinated me about yesterday. Ryan Merritt's getting ready to make a start in Game Three. You know, Ryan Merritt. The the thing that I do think was key in that is. There was no expectation with Ryan Merritt that he would go through the lineup even a full two times. Two times was the max. That's right. You won't face anyone three times. And the key of that is is that when you go out and that's your approach, it is a little bit freeing in some ways for a pitcher because there is no, I'm going to hold back, I need... You don't say, I'm going to break out my third pitch the, right. the second or third time through the lineup. There's no reason to do that. because How did they get this guy out last time? Oh, wait, there wasn't a last time. This is the first time I'm facing any of these guys, basically. You don't, you don't look at it thinking long-term. You think short-term. Yep. And this is one of the things that I do think with this the newfound way that most playoff games go with the starters and the bullpen, not with the aces. Not with the Kershaws, not with the Klubers, not with the Bumgarters. Right. But with the normal guy, one of the advantages of this is when you tell Josh Tomlin or you tell Ryan Merritt, do not save anything. I want you going at 100% from the first pitch. Right. And when you, and don't worry, we're going to be coming to get you pretty soon. 
it does make that guy more effective than if this is a normal Sunday in the middle of the season right? and Ryan Merritt comes up and you're saying... And you don't have a day off the next day. Where you're saying, okay, we need six out of you. Yeah. Because if you need six, I've as a pitcher, you've got to pitch differently than if it's give me the best four you got. Right. And I, I just I go back to what you wrote before the playoffs about days off and how the schedule plays. And JJ, I think that's a huge part of it because you couldn't be as aggressive with the bullpen as Terry Francona has been with different days off, could you? No. I mean and Think about this way. They're using Andrew Miller. So far, they've used Andrew Miller in every key win they've had, basically. Where is this article that you wrote? Yeah, I'll find I'll I'll tweet it out after is this. Is this last year? Or no, I wrote, I wrote it. It was like in August, though, I want to say. Ah, okay. But it you can't – Andrew Miller pitched one plus. He didn't pitch one. He pitched one plus right. in effectively every key game they've had in the postseason so far. But he does this. And he's never he, he's yet to really have to do this back to back to back. Right. That's right. There's enough I mean, and now again, yeah, they used him hard, but at the same time, he's sitting he had to, he's gonna have today off, he's gonna have tomorrow off, he's gonna have Saturday off, he's gonna have Sunday mm-hmm. off. By the time they roll around again and it's like and then it's gonna be for two days. If he needs him to go extended innings in game one and game two, and then you go, you know what, but you got the day off, and one right. of these games, one of these days, we're not going to need to do it. And game, that, that, and that's the thing, you, you, you hope that game one, that Corey Kluber, hey, he's your ace, he can get you six innings. That's or really, seven. But, but, right, but right now, you really, to me, you're, you're hoping for six. Mm-hmm. Um, you could maybe bridge an inning with Brian Shaw, right. and, depending on where say, you are in the right, lineup. Right, I was going to say, that's the thing is this, or, but the other thing about how they're using Miller, which is also smart, is if it gets to after six and you go, well, the middle of the lineup's up, then you say, okay, it's and Miller time. In exactly. And, you, if, and then at that point, the reality is, is you may use them for two. Right. But if you go at the same time, if it's a three-run lead, then maybe you do say, you know what, we got an inning out of Miller. And we're we facing got, seven, eight, nine. Which, I mean, and I can't remember who's got the home field, but if it's seven, eight, nine. the American League. Yeah, okay. Seven, eight, nine, well, you will be facing a DH, not a pitcher there. Right. But if it's seven, eight, nine, especially in a National League park where you go, okay, it's going to be a, that and a, and a pinch hitter. Exactly. We're, we're okay with Brian Shaw for this. It's going to be very tempting for the Indians in the World Series to go Kluber, Tomlin, again, depending on Bauer's availability. If Let's say Bauer is available, but they're going to wait till game three to give him extra time. If they go, ba- if they go Kluber, Tomlin, Bauer, what, would you go Merritt game four, or would you come back with Kluber? I would imagine you'd come back with Kluber game four. I, I do think it partly, again, it, it's one of those things that does depend somewhat. Do well, actually, I don't even know if that is because we saw Terry Francona's approach. They were up. They, right. I mean, That's what I'm saying. If they, they were, were up 3-0. They went Kluber. They, 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 the, they, the, they wanted to sweep the leg. I'm, I'm, I'm with them. And, and I, the thing that you have to go Kluber in game four if you want to have him as a realistic more than a couple of inning option in game seven. Exactly. Now, now uh, I, know, I know we could talk more about the American League Championship Series, but that makes me go segue to the NL. Because I was debating this with my 12-year-old this morning. The Cubs beat the Dodgers last night, 10-2, to sloppy game, almost four hours, six errors. Cubs at their offensive shore, Vaughn, with uh, Addison Russell really breaking the seal with that two-run homer 
and then uh, Great Caesar's Ghost, so it's the ghost of Matt Caesar's bat in Anthony Rizzo's hands for key two-run single and a home run uh, of his own. A home run, which followed just a couple of pitches after he had just missed a home I mean, yeah. that was oh, yeah. an at-bat where he was really driving the ball. So you, you got two of their biggest slumping hitters get hot, uh, to find their groove. Uh, even R- Russell had two or three other really quality at-bats. Um, and then he had the one infield single where he kind of tapped one. Um, even his out early in the game was a second inning was mm-hmm. to the wall. I thought he had put a good swing. Right, on the that wall. was the one the center fielder from him, right? Yeah, I was the left. It was the left actually, but it was, it, oh, I thought he told. put a good swing on it. Yeah, but um, so those guys. So a lot of positive things happened for the Cubs. Game five, we've seen Clayton Kershaw on short rest throughout this postseason. My point to my son this morning was, I know my is better at home this year. I understand that he's good, but I would go Kershaw game five. Because that way he's an option for a game seven, and although we do know now with Clayton Kershaw, if he goes game six, right? He's an option for game seven. This it's is just going to be less. This is true, but I think you're better off for me, Kershaw game five and a little bit of rest if he's available for game seven, versus rested Kershaw for game six. What, what say you, JJ Cooper? Where do you fall on that? Oh, I do think it's tough. I, I think, I mean, I, it's one of those, it's tough to know without knowing re- how Kershaw really is. But the problem is, is that a competitor like that, this is, yeah. this is part of the craziness of it, is, is that you're not going to know. Right. No, that's right. <laughs> there's, no, there's no part of Clayton Kershaw that's going to go, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really the back is flaring up a little bit. Uh, you know, no, he's going to tell you he's fine. He wants to right. go. I, I don't think they right now, I mean, it, it does feel like that there's not a whole lot of trust in Kenta Maeda right now. Correct, and that's and I don't think we'd be having this discussion if if it was if it's funny if you feel Julio Urias hmm. and it was or Clayton Kershaw I would be more inclined to say no hold off on Kershaw because I it's funny thing I think I thought Urias I know he gets the loss and but I thought he pitched pretty well last night I agree I thought he was good I thought he was good last night he, was he made this big mistake to um, obviously to, uh, to, Russell. to Addison Russell hung a breaking ball but uh, off speed pitch but. Uh, I thought in general, uh, the moment certainly wasn't too big for Julio Urias. I thought he pitched really well. Um, I also thought that John Lackey was in and out, dancing in and out of trouble a lot. But John but Lackey is entertaining. I gotta, let's be honest. I mean, for that, for the guy having the bad face, he's not a scout's favorite for the good face. He's got the bad face. He's perpetually got the bad I, face. But he also gets the worst face when he's dropping F-bombs left and right. I, I, did, I, I find him entertaining. I, I did enjoy I, I tweeted out last night like the, our, our scouting report from when he was drafted out that. of Grayson uh, County Community College where he was a better hitter than he right, was. Right, he was first base. He, he went to RUT Arlington as a two-way guy. was Four. a first base pitcher. First base closer, I think, at Arlington, then transferred to Grayson. And hit 440 with 16 homers at Grayson. Oh, that was minus five bats. No, no. Uh, oh, that, that was 99, right? Yeah. So it wasn't minus five bats. It was just the other. Uh, wow, that's very impressive. Um, but the thing about it is is that the write-up said, like, if, and I can't remember the name of the guy because the guy has been lost to the ether, but if so-and-so signs with the Mariners as a draft and follow, and I'm saying this and John's going to remember who the guy was. but 1999 if, Texas draft and follow. If he if he so and so signs with the Mariners as the draft and follow, then Sam Hayes. I don't think so. But <sighs> then uh, Lackey will be the most attractive, uh, you know, JUCO 
on the uh, Texas draft scene or whatever. That's funny. And multiple people pointed out, it's like, that's the last time that most attractive has ever been used with John Mackey, <laughs> which I thought was pretty good. That's Kudos. really funny. But, Brian Edwards, I would not have gotten Brian Edwards. Astros draft and follow Brian Edwards. Oh, okay. But, um, but, Long and lanky. He's already been clocked at 93-94. He is just learning to pitch. That's great stuff. Um, but, no, I, I think I probably... I, I'd probably still go with Maeda because I do think that you... I, I think there's also a cumulative wear if you keep... I, mean, mm-hmm. I agree. If you... At some point, Kershaw can't keep doing this. And I'm wrong about Maeda, by the way. He was actually... While his overall numbers are a little bit better, like you know, uh, 322 ERA at home, 374 on the road, right. his component numbers are virtually the same, home and away. So... There's not a huge advantage in pitching him at home and away. But I, I would probably say you're going to need – you, you, you got to win too. So I, I would be inclined to say go with Maeda. You know, and, again, that to me does not preclude because Clayton Kershaw is insane. It That's just, the other option. It doesn't preclude bringing Kershaw in in game five in relief if you need him, early I especially. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that, though. You I mean, wouldn't do that? No. I If Clayton Kershaw's pitching, if he's my game six, he's my game six. And what if this game gets sideways early? What if it's like six to four? What if the Dodgers take a big early lead, but the Cubs rally? Well, this it's like is six the, five in the fourth inning. But this is the tough thing about it. Would you it. bring in Kershaw then? No. And try to just let him have the rest of game five no. and you have him again in game seven? No. I, I, mean, I would me, be ready to, to deploy Clayton Kershaw at any time. Because the Dodgers, to me, if I'm the Dodgers, I'm having Kershaw and it's, you have three games left to win. It's a best of three series. I want Kershaw and Jansen to win me two of them. That's I, how I think of it. I, and, and I think you can almost do it as, as a tandem. But this is the, the, the dangerous thing about this, though, is, is that, okay, if – because I, I do also think, I mean... Rich, I'm turning into Brian Kenny now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But Rich Hill, I, I do feel comfortable... Again, you're not going to get seven out of him. I do feel reasonably comfortable about Rich Hill making one of those starts. He's been he's been effective. He Yeah. You know, I, I know... I felt he was more effective in that game, last game that, than you Yeah, did. I thought he was hittable, you know. But you know, my either I thought got squeezed in his first playoff start, uh, his first start of this series. I thought he got squeezed really badly in game one. In Wrigley, so but the, I do. The, I have as much confidence. I guess I would say I have as much confidence in Maeda as I would have in, in Richill personally. The, I do have a concern though, which is, you, as you said, they've spackled together this bullpen in front of Jansen. Yeah. And the real the, the concern is is if you're if we're talking about Kenta Maeda in this kind of four inning role yeah. almost like that really has become kind of the the new yeah. thing for the non aces. If he's in a four inning role. I do kind of worry about what you're spackling in ahead. Uh, and much more though, so and this is what I said when the Cubs made these moves. Right, you don't really think, man, I've really got to make sure that I can – how soon can I go to Joe Blanton? That's not what Dave Roberts is thinking. Whereas you look at the Cubs, right. and I do feel like with the Cubs, if you have to go in inning four, you have guys where yeah. you can say, okay, you know what, if I get two innings on Mike Montgomery, I feel like I can get two innings That would be a nice point of pride for you last night, JJ, to see Mike Montgomery <laughs> I, come through in a big moment. For those of you who don't know, that's like one of the all-time prospect arguments in Baseball America history. And both JJ and I are on decent footing with this one. So, um, what, was it 2011? I think it was, yeah. Or so 2010? I think, it was after the, I think it was after the 2010 season. Yeah, yeah, I think you are right. I think Montgomery 11 is... 
Oh, no, it was 11. Yeah. It was after Will Myers' lost year, and that was also first-round pick Bubba Starling. So Mike Montgomery had come into, had 20, finished 2010 as the Royals' number one prospect. 2011 goes to AAA and just gets rammy cacked mm-hmm. for most of the year in the PCL. And has, an, if, and has had, at this point, an elbow issue of some sort. That and he threw 151 innings, but yeah. there had been an elbow issue. I think it was the, the year, year before. before. That's yes. right. And so, so there was some concern that there was some he didn't get cut on, but is this still something lingering? The thing is, like I bet you that current day JJ would not rank Mike Montgomery as the number one prospect with his four point one two walks per nine. You're 2016 right. JJ would never rank no. a starting pitcher with a four point one walks per nine number one. Um, so we hit, we were trying to think who is the Royals' number one prospect going to be? By the way, this was, on the, this was on the heels of the year before a fun debate, which was. Is it Hosmer? Is it Moustakis? Oh, yeah. Is it Myers? Yeah. Because Myers, the year before, is the year where he had gone okay. to high A and like hit yeah. like 380 in high A to finish up and had first impre- full year as a catcher. Right. First full year as a catcher had just been like Dale Murphy light, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and Moustakis had been good and Hosmer had been good. Um, so 2011, you had that. You had Will Myers, who had like his lost season with his. He just fell on the concrete with his knee and had this random infection. And basically, you could kind of tell the Royals, like, didn't like him, you know. You could tell they didn't like him. But he had this, but he was looking good in the fall league. And then you had Bubba Starling. And he moved million to the outfield contract. also. So. Right. But I, remember, I went to the fall league. I remember saying, hey, I'm not a scout. But Will Myers was in the same hitting group as Bryce Harper and Mike Trout and did not look out of place. In fact, he fit right in with those guys offensively. I said, I just, just wrote this, you know, here's some information, throwing it out to you. If you don't like it, throw it right back. So you had Montgomery, you had Myers, uh, you had Bubba. You were in Team Montgomery. I was on Team Myers. Jim Callis was on Team Bubba. I will say that we were... Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> so, uh, Team Bubba... You were right. I mean, the reality is, is in hindsight, you were right. Like, if I had to do it That's now... That's one of the reasons I like that story. But if, if, you had, if I had to do it now, clearly I would put Will Myers one. But, but it is. But, but it is Mike good Montgomery to has started to. He has. It's taken him a while. But the a last. While. But the last three years, really, and it's gotten a little better every year. He's shown that he is an impact pitcher. Now it might be in this shorter, this new so, role. No, I think this. he can start. Them. I think that what you're going to see is is next year. I bet you anything he'll be starting for the Cubs. They're gonna. They're gonna have a little bit of. You know, they're sorting through next year, or he's going to kind of. Fill I think in. it's likely. I think he will end up being one of those. It's going to be kind of the back end starter for them, but. I think it's funny, like, he now, like, going to the pen, I do think, again, has helped him. He threw 100 really good innings this year. He's a left-hander with good stuff. His walk rate was a little high with the Cubs. It was under three with the, with the Mariners. I still think the shorter role suits him better uh, than he, the I think full he, starting But role. I think he ends up being kind of this – the Cubs have liked having this yeah. kind of swing guy. Yep, that's right. It's like, like they have with Travis, Travis Wood. Wood. It's yep. really kind of that Travis Wood role. He does the Travis Wood role. The difference is he throws harder. Um, and Are it, pitchers going to turn into running backs to use another football thing? Is everyone going to get turned into a middle reliever? It just seems like you're either a one or a two. A closer. A closer. Or you're one of the guys. Or you're one of the guys. In the playoff, yeah. In the playoff, that's what it is now. It's amazing how this has but again, evolved. But the thing about it is it helps. You're either Bumgarner, Jansen, or Mike Montgomery. You're and in three it, buckets. But the thing about it is, is what it is now, yeah. though, also with it is, is that it used to be 
that it really your roster construction for the playoffs was how's our one through four starter, how's our closer, and then what everything else. Yeah. And now what the Cubs did, and I think they're very smart about doing this, is is they're, the Cubs is is okay Chapman for the ninth. Yes. Okay. Then we've got Rondone and Edwards and Stroke and, Stroke and Montgomery. Yeah. And it just and keep, Wood and Wood and you're like okay so if we need to we can go fourth to ninth. Yes. And we're fine. And and Grim, yeah. just a Grim. They have so many and they, options. And they there. did this from the start of the season. Before the season, much. they acquired every. They had so many kind of this <laughs> guy could did. turn out relief options. They did during the season. It was like you know, uh, let's try him. Let's try him. They sorted through um, who the the former closer, Giants closer. Uh, Brian Wilson was you know what was it Wilson? No, it was last year. No, who was it this year? Oh, Joe, Nathan. Joe Nathan. Joe Nathan. Yeah, Joe Nathan was there. Gave him three Joe Nathan was there for like an hour and a half, but it was like <laughs> okay, let's try to. No, nah, that didn't work. Okay, we're moving right. on. But the idea. Hey, Brian Mattis, is there anything left here? No, okay, no, no. no. But on. the idea <laughs> was all along was, can we figure out a way to make sure that this bullpen is not one, two, or three pitchers deep? Let's make it six or seven pitchers deep for the postseason. Yeah, and that's what they did. I mean, like, and one of those guys might be Rob Frisbee if they advance to the World Series. So, three-game series, Cubs and Dodgers. Cubs certainly get some we momentum get, we back. We get baseball this weekend now. Which, I, I love that. And we always knew the American League Championship Series was the undercard. We didn't know it was this much of an undercard. We didn't know it was going to be five games. And all right, three games left of the National League. Everyone can focus their attention. And how about MLB Network and Fox Sports 1, J.J., getting their best ratings They've ever gotten for games involving the Cubs. What a big surprise involving the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs are, this year, they are very good for the baseball's brand, I think. So it's encouraging. I did want to bring up one other point, um, one other player on this podcast, and that's Mike Napoli. Uh, shout out to um, uh, the Newberg Report, you know, Jamie Newberg, with the, uh, you know, the big Rangers fan who's been doing this Rangers report and blog for more than a decade now, which is pretty impressive. It is. A lot of bloggers come and go in the baseball universe. Um, I've seen a million bloggers. I've rocked them all. But J.B. Newberg's one who's stuck staying through power. it. Stay, a lot of staying power, and uh, which is very, very impressive. Um, he had this note in there today about Mike Napoli. I always forgot that Mike Napoli went Angels to Blue Jays and then blew, in the Vernon Wells trade. I mean, just like an epically bad Mike Sosha move, and it was Mike Sosha. But believe me, believe me, it was Sosha. It was it was terrible. And then you go Napoli to Texas for Frank Francisco. That's a bad one for the Blue Jays. So Mike Napoli now, just in the last seven years, 2009 Angels were a great team. I think they had the best record in the American League, other than the uh, Yankees. The Yankees won the World Series that year, but that was the Nick Aidenhart death team. That was a great Angels team. A lot of spirit. Oh, that was probably the, uh, the last great Angels team. I know they won 98 games in 2014. I'll still get I'm going to get You know, I know they failed, but 98 games, that's a, that qualifies as a great team. You win 98. I know they uh, Yeah, but they had uh, your boy. They had uh, our, our boy, Corey Rasmus, uh, on yeah, that but, team. I mean, they, they had injuries. By the, yes, they were on fumes by September. They were on a lot of fumes. But that's still, you they win won 90, 90. They won 97 games yeah. in 2000. That was a great team. Um, then he was on the 2011 Rangers. That went to the World Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2010 and 11 Rangers, I guess. I think it's 2011. 2013 Red Sox, now 2016 Indians. This is his third World Series with his third different franchise for Mike Napoli. 
And it's just a really unusual career, JJ, because you know he's had career highs in home runs and RBIs this year, and yet uh, one of his lesser remember, years this is, is a regular. And this is a guy who had trouble getting. You know, after the Red Sox, it was like, okay, is this guy going to be able to get a three-year deal because yeah, he of concerns this, about the medical? He had the yeah, all all kinds of medical with the hip. He had the sleep apnea issue that he had surgery for. Um, you know, last year between Boston and Texas, he hit two oh seven. He looked like he was washed last year. He had eighteen home runs. Comes back with 34 home runs this year. I know he's only hit 233. He also has a career high 194 strikeouts. So Mike Napoli embraced the data this year. Just said, "Let's go, let's <laughs> let's go." Mike Napoli though has also just he just seems like he's like what everyone ima- he's like Johnny Gomes, but he's a good player, not just like a good platoon player and a great guy to have around and you know America. This guy just seems like he's been one of the better players. Uh, and like we said the other day, he is a guy that everyone gets comp to. But, I mean, but he, every, every, he, you said one of the better players. I think that's one of the key things about this is that he's a guy. He's one of the better guys who's like the converted catcher to first base guy. Right. He's the kind of a poor man's Paul Canerco. But the basically. other fascinating part about this is that that's why I like that you brought up Gomes because Gomes is like the 20. Gomes on these teams, like successful teams that Gomes was on, he ranged from being the eighth to ninth best guy on the yeah. lineup, you know, to. A little bit better or a little bit worse than that. Right. Whereas Napoli, but Napoli's never been. There's not been one of these teams where Napoli was ever the star. Right. Exactly. He was always. He's always a great wingman. He's always yeah. He's a wingman. He's now this Indians team, which I, I do think archaeologists digging through this years from now could look at this Indians team and go, that was a World Series team. Yeah, exactly. And I mean that with massive credit to them. Yeah. Because. Okay, you know, and I'm sorry, I'm trying not trying to digress this, but it is. How many profile guys? I'm just looking at that. I just <laughs> I beat you to it. I mean, like so shortstop profi- Francisco Lindor. Check, 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 right. check. And Napoli's wound up being, I think, a profile first baseman. Okay, but I'll it's give you close. That. He has a 104 OPS plus. The I don't know. If so I was going to say the hit tool for him. It. You, I don't know 34 you, homers and 100 RBIs. He's like a class. He's like a Joe Carter. I, he's, he's almost a second division re- profile. Almost. He's right on the borderline. Okay. Um, Jason Kipnis is a profile. Profile. Second. Check, check, and check. And especially, he almost defines the new profile. Yes, but he's, he's, he's absolutely profile. Jose like Ramirez is not profile. He is not. That said... He's good. He really had a great year this yeah, year. Yeah, he had a great year. I didn't realize how good his year no, was. I, he don't, I would say he's profile. But, but he is not profile. 11 home runs is not a profile guy. They, they have maybe one profile outfielder. And I would say that Tyler Naquin performed like a profile center fielder. Although you might want a little more as far as like like if you're being really a stickler for the profile. Actually, in Cleveland, I would say he fits the profile fine. It, you, there's there's parks where you would say maybe we want a little exactly. rangier. If he was in the National League West, I think you'd want a rangier center fielder. But you're for Cleveland, you're going to go to Petco and San Francisco. But for Cleveland, you're fine there. If you were with the Giants, he'd be like, with that giant right field, you'd be like, Tyler Naquin would be a great right fielder there. He's got the arm strength. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the Giants pro department's already like, yes, we know. Thanks for blowing it, Manuel. Um, I'm sure they're not saying that. That's about their pro. That's about it. That's the extent of their profile, guys. Because Lonnie Chisenhall was wow. supposed to be a profile third baseman, and he's an eight home run hitting right fielder. Rajai Davis would be a Which, profile by the way, center I've fielder always, you, if he played center field. I, I loved I loved Rajai Davis going back to like 0, 0, 0, 2, 0, 3, What's but the, he's not profile. Uh, what's the uh, Connecticut? 
junior college he's from, isn't that him? I can't. I think it's like because I, I don't go back that far with him. I remember him from High A. High A was when I uh, it remember is having, University of Connecticut, Connecticut at Avery Point in Groton, Connecticut. I remember having discussions with Chris Klein uh, at, yeah. about Rajah Davis back in like '03. Yeah, so it's it's really a '04. Uh, it's not, and, and again, where their profile is, they got to the World Series this year. It, we thought that it would be through this. Power pack because they had rotation. a profile rotation exactly. If Salazar's healthy, Carrasco's healthy, Bauer's healthy. If you said that they went into the postseason with Kluber as their one, Carrasco as their two, Salazar as their three, Bauer as their four, right? That's profile, 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 profile everywhere, everywhere. That's what it's supposed to be. And then, and Andrew Miller is every bit the epitome of profile reliever, yeah. And then you uh look at that that trade. Well, I remember at the time thinking, thinking of four pitchers for Andrew Miller. I mean, three pitchers and, and Clint Frazier for Andrew Miller. It's like, yeah, so. I mean, you know, I mean, what a uh, – it, it's amazing what well, Andrew Miller has been traded for in recent years. I, and the funny thing In his career, he's been traded for Miguel Cabrera. He's been traded for Eduardo Rodriguez. Not quite Miguel Cabrera. And now this four-player trade with the Yankees. But the funny thing about it is, is that this, that trade right there will benefit some rebuilding team – in 2017 because it is like it gives open license to making a trade like that because you see the value of trading significant talent for a reliever like that. At the same time, the problem is going to be for whoever does that trade is that there are very few Andrew Millers in the world. Very few Andrew Millers in the world. And I just, you know, this was a paragraph in our Orioles uh, organization overview is the Orioles have made a lot of those trades. Dan, Dan Duquette, not afraid to make those trades. And Andrew Miller was fantastic when he... Pitched for the Orioles. He was outstanding in 2014. They traded Eduardo Rodriguez for him. They've traded a lot of prospects. Like, uh, who's the guy with the Brewers? Zach Davies? Is that it? Yeah. Um, they've traded Eduardo Rodriguez. They've traded a lot of prospects. None of the players they've traded the prospects for are still in Baltimore. You know, Bud Norris or Gerardo Parra or Andrew Miller. So, um, and Andrew Miller's going to be in Cleveland for, what, two more years? I have two more years of control. It was a three-year contract he signed this offseason. So... We'll see what dizzying heights Andrew Miller can get to. He's gotten to some dizzying heights already. Well-deserved American League Championship Series MVP. Cleveland Indians in the World Series. Chicago Cubs and Los Angeles Dodgers tied at two in the NLCS. Uh, I'm looking forward to a weekend of uh, intense playoff baseball, JJ. Same here. All right. Well, we'll see uh, tomorrow to recap Game 5 and set up Game 6 and 7 on the next Baseball America Playoff Podcast. For JJ, I'm John. We'll see you tomorrow morning on the next Baseball America podcast. So long, everybody. This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit BaseballAmerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.